1: From AcmePackingCompany.com, that's what that stands for, A-P-C, Acme Packing Company. And SB Nation, we are talking Green Bay Packers, your 5-1 and one Green Bay Packers, talking about them for as long as that is true. For this week, at least, the Pack is back on track. Paraphrasing my guy John Meerdink's rhyming recap the other day, the Packers winning convincingly-ish over the Texans. Thirty-five to twenty. I am Zach Rapport at Zach Rapport on Twitter. Follow the show at the APC Pod, and I am joined um, by my good buddy here, sitting sitting in, in front of a, a nice uh, some nice living room decor. I don't think I've gotten this view before on the camera. I'm joined by Alex Batakas. How are you, man?
2: Doing well. Changed it up uh, mainly because there's the last two minutes of a, a pretty big soccer match, so I'm in the living room. But also because my wife is uh, not home, she went to the office, um, which, you remember those things? Yeah. I miss them now. A bygone Um, era. (laughs) So so I got to just do whatever I wanted in all parts of the house today, and I could talk as loudly as I want to about the Packers without anybody interrupting. So I'm pumped Uh, about
1: that. Don't tell me if you're wearing pants or not. You don't need to stand up. I just assume that you're not and we'll just go from there
2: you would be surprised <laughs> i guess we could leave it there i have jeans on actually i don't want to leave it there because this is a rarity <laughs> but i i am currently wearing jeans i i don't really know why but
1: i i work from home i wear jeans i, I wear like i get full-on like dressed for work every day it helps me feel like i'm i'm at work that's you know
2: yeah it gets you in some type of rhythm Kind of like
1: work from home 101
2: yeah Absolutely.
1: Before we get into it today, I um we gotta start really quickly with um the earth shattering personal brand altering news that my man, Big F and Bob, apparently we've been saying his name wrong this whole time. And he's just been, I don't know, too nice to uh to correct anyone. Tunyon? Tunyon? I don't even know who I am anymore.
0: <laughs> What's going I mean, that on? Is,
2: that's, that's pretty crazy right i mean it just took him having a multiple touchdown game for uh for us all to learn that his name is not even rob tanyan um i think it's fitting because i think tanyan is more like paul bunyan which i think is the inspiration for yes. tanyan to begin with so i feel like maybe an initial or something got changed uh there's plenty of stories about names <laughs> getting changed to simplify them or whatever it is at Ellis Island. No clue uh his ancestry, but it's certainly possible.
1: <laughs> so your your theory here now is that he is uh somehow descended from the uh the great mythical Paul Ex- Bunyan. Is that exactly. where we're going with this?
2: <laughs> Ex- exactly. That the B got changed to a T uh, uh at some point, and now that's that's why it's pronounced um Tunyon. <laughs> and I guess the O and the U obviously had to get interchanged too, but it's certainly I'm telling you.
1: That stuff happens, that. man. Like you said, Ellis Island, that stuff happens. An honorary yeah. an honorary drop here. Big f-ing Bob <laughs> All right. Well I had just had to I had to say something. Because, you know, I just I woke up one day feeling it was just different. The world was different. My view of things. <laughs> has forever changed. But let's talk football before some people start jumping ship. Um we were hoping for the Packers to bounce back. It wasn't flawless, but a 15-point win in the NFL is a very solid victory. Um there's a frustrating stretch in the late third quarter, but overall Rogers four TDs, Adams, you know, like 8,235 yards or something like that. I lost track. Um it was never really really in doubt and so with that let's go into our notable nuggets hashtag note nugs tweet at us after every game at the apc pod with your little bite size takeaway i'll go first and and uh not really bite size a little bigger than that but alex you know we talked earlier today and you said you might go negative with your note nug. spoiler alert so i'll try to (laughs) keep it positive um initially I left this game feeling like we didn't learn anything about this team, but after thinking about it for a while, maybe we actually did question mark. I'm just, um, first of all, I'm proud of these guys shorthanded, no Jones, no Bakhtiari, no Irvin, no Savage, um, bouncing back, not just getting through this game, but for the most part, winning convincingly ish against an inferior opponent. Um, Again, and I've said this before, but the Packers of the last few years um, have found a way to make this game like a 27 to 26 victory or like a tie for no reason or something. But no, a 15-point win here. Um, Some things that I do think we actually learned coming out of this game. uh, Billy Turner can kind of play left tackle in a pinch. That feels important. Uh, Aaron Jones, in Aaron Jones' absence... The team can hand the rock to Williams and he can go inside zone and he can make it work. That feels important Um, in a pinch. Kamal Martin at inside linebacker. This guy can play. That also feels like an important takeaway. Any plus, even like a slight plus at the inside linebacker position is a nice to have for this team. Um, So, yeah, while I I do agree that like in the pantheon of Packers wins, this is... um, not going to be one that it's going to be a game that like by next fall, we literally f- ever for- we forget that it ever happened. Um, but I do still think that we learned some important things about this team um, in a game where they needed to come out and validate Rogers claim that Tampa was a- an anomaly. So feeling, feeling validated, feeling positive and feeling like we did learn some things together, guys. That's my note. nug.
2: <laughs> I like all of that. And uh, I, you know, I agree that I I don't think you can look at that game and and come out uh, with anything uh, overwhelmingly negative based just on that game, right? Um, So, you know, when I tipped you off earlier that I might go a little negative on on my note, Doug, it's just, uh, it's not necessarily anything that happened in this game um, that made me feel that way. But um, to your point, I mean, some credit needs to be given, um, you know, to a team that that won comfortably, uh, that was... I mean, I guess if you, other than Aaron Rodgers at this point, the caveat we've been saying for uh, well over a decade now, if you were to list the the, the next two to three most important players on the team, um, how many of those guys were missing this week? You yeah. know, like a, a, you could argue that, um, you know, Bakhtiari is two or three. Uh, some people might put Aaron Jones there, but it's also hard to argue and the other, you know, it, it's hard to argue that, that is, those guys are so important because when they're missing, the Packers still do so well. So it's like, it's almost like coaching is overcoming um, what you would think like is a roster that couldn't handle certain injuries, yeah. which I think is huge because, um, you know, one one thing that we didn't, I feel like, talk about enough. Maybe we did, but I it, I just feel like when I'm thinking back to last year's podcast, you know, Packers injury luck was so incredibly fortunate last year. And that hasn't been the case so far this year, really. I mean, they haven't lost their quarterback, but they've missed key guys at a lot of points. Yeah, And they're still looking like a very, very good team. So I think last year we had the impression that they were this team that can't withstand injuries, but thankfully didn't have to deal with them and thus like lucked their way to a 13-3 and record. Where this year, I have this overwhelming degree of confidence that they can sustain injuries and win these regular season games against teams that they're supposed to beat. Yeah. In games that I agree, like, this was, this is totally the game. You're 100% right. I didn't even think about it, like, coming out of the game, that they would have annoyingly, like, eked out a victory that made you feel worse um, or just yeah. f- fucking somehow decided to, like, lose or tie, right? Like, um, so that's encouraging. And I yeah. and I say all that to get to, <laughs> to, get to my note <laughs> to nug. Get to which your is negative
1: not, note nug. Lay it on This, me. Is,
2: this <laughs> isn't, no, this is not, like, any, like, you know, I I don't mean to be, like you know, some some type of uh, th- this is going to do them in. It's just merely an observation because um, my, my no-nug is the fact that I feel like this Packers team right now is super light on turnovers, right? So they're plus two in turnover differential, but they have um, four takeaways. And they got one on Sunday, uh, a fumble that they recovered. But just in kind of like looking around, and I get that like counting stats are a little bunched up because we we don't have that many games in, and also yeah. the Packers have already had their bye, so I think that that kind of alters it. I'm having a Mike McCarthy moment. Sorry, <laughs> I am drinking a <laughs> hold beer that and now and like having a burp that I'm having to hold in. Um, <laughs> but I do think that uh, you know there were times last year that the Packers pass rush was so overwhelming, and I felt like they were a team that. Um, their de- We talked about a lot of games where their defense bails them out. And I'm not, like, trying to come down super hard on the defense, but um, they're very light in the takeaway category, and I'm not seeing a whole lot that makes me feel like they're going to be a team that creates a lot of those. And I only say this to say that, um, you know, the Bucs game with Rodgers having that kind of, like, anomaly of a terrible game and them turning the ball over and leading to direct points. The only thing that I think... <sighs> The only category where I feel like they're not good enough is being able to overcome like giving a team extra possessions cuz they just don't take extra possessions from other teams yeah. right now, you know. So I don't know if that's something to be concerned about, but I do know that at this point there's only two teams in the league worse at taking the ball away um and they're not good I mean they're teams that I think like uh, the Cowboys who are used as like the prime example of a absolutely terrible defense. And also shout out Mike McCarthy. Um, good luck surviving here. One there, my God, it's
1: lonely being a warrior. Sometimes
2: I don't know if Andy, Dalton, I didn't see an Andy Dalton injury report, but Mike McCarthy being down to his third quarterback. I mean, God bless the guy um, <laughs> and the Raiders. Right. So like, you know, I'm not, again, there's some good teams that aren't taking the ball away at a really high clip, but that's generally not how it goes. Right. Chiefs, 13 takeaways, Titans, 12 takeaways, uh, Seahawks, 12 takeaways. Like, yeah, that's why those teams are good. So I'm I'm merely just saying that I think they need to start producing in that category because you cannot rely on the offense to be perfect to just outscore teams.
1: Yeah. Well, if I can try to spin... Uh, a little optimism into this into this note nug. I do think that in this game against the Texans, we saw the Packers pass rush be a little bit more aggressive and be a little bit more successful at kind of collapsing the pocket and just creating some some legitimate um, you know QB hurries. And that's those are the things that are going to help cause more turnovers. And they haven't been doing a great job of that this year. I think that has been has been lacking. So if they're turning a corner and kind of coming into form in terms of their pass rush, to me that can only help uh the turnover situation. Meanwhile, you know, the entire secondary and guys like Jair Alexander and the rest of them are playing in fact so well that we never hear any of their names all game long on the broadcast. You just forget that they're there. So the play has been solid, but for me, a a lot of turnovers is just is, is one facet of the defense affecting another and it's just sort of a chain reaction. So I, I feel like to put the green and gold glasses on, maybe that stuff will come as they get more comfortable and if they can get more aggressive and create more pressure.
2: Yeah. Yeah, totally. I mean, the pressure is where it all starts, right? I mean, that's that's obvious. Um, that's just the way that football works. So I agree with you. And I and I'm not saying I don't have any faith that it can come. It's it was merely just something that I feel like as I watch the Packers, I just crave and I'm like to to really be sold on them as a super legitimate, you know, Super Bowl contending type team. I think they they have to start generating those things. That yeah. being said, I'm well aware of the fact they were missing two secondary starters, two really good players and Kevin King and Darnell Savage. Um, and that they've been really banged up in a lot of areas of the team, uh, with like kind of like these minor injuries that are nagging. A guy misses one week here, two weeks, you know? So, um, I'm not saying they're not capable. I'm just watching out, Patton. Like I got, we all have one eye on you at all times. (laughs) Like, (laughs) believe me, um, you know, LaFleur is stealing a lot of the shine with just some incredible play calling and guys running wide open everywhere. But, um, that's not enough. Right. Like uh, <laughs> Metal for being the coach of the year isn't enough for me. Uh, yeah. Greedy Packers fan who wants yeah. both sides of the ball to be great.
1: <laughs> you want Petten to shine. Give that bald head a little. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> uh, okay. Um, let's move on to listener note nugs again at the APC pod. Tweet at us after every game. Let us know what you thought. Our first note nug coming in from Jacob and he tweets in simply Tay. Period. And I want to pause there for a second because Devonte Adams, um, I think, I think tying his own record from earlier near 13 catches for 196 yards, averaging 15.1 yards per reception, two touchdowns, including um, including a real, real beauty on the outside where he cuts it back inside around the 10 yard line and scoots in, drags his feet, a little bit of showtime there with uh, some of the turf flying behind him uh really really fun to watch um I, I'm like meandering into a question here. Devontae Adams is good, right? That was awesome.
2: <laughs> yeah, yeah. He's uh he's great. And I heard you mention on the uh the post game show with Tex uh Two Schlitz to the wind. Um like basically were they forcing the ball to him or was he just that good like I heard you pose that question? Um it felt like when you're like your player in career mode, like in a video game, gets so good that that's that's when you stop playing the game. When you're yeah. just like, this is kind of boring now because I'm just yep. gonna have this every every single week. So then I mean, they just like turn my attention to something else. Um, I don't think there is an answer because like when a guy's playing like that and is pretty much unguardable and just such a mismatch for their entire defense, why go anywhere else?
0: Yeah. <laughs> They didn't really go anywhere else, right? I mean,
2: like, didn't like, wasn't the next most targeted player like Jamal Williams or something with like three catches or something
1: like that? Williams, (laughs) yeah, had four receptions after that. I don't know about targets, but um, yeah, I think I think you're right there. And Uh, um,
2: Williams had five targets, but he is the next, yeah, it was the next most targeted player.
1: I saw, um, I think it was Rogers after the game being being asked about how they were able to be so successful with. Uh, with Tay in terms of like, were the Texans, did they forget that he was there? They were just like single covering him most of the time. What is the deal uh, with, that, with that? And I I think basically we got confirmation that for the most part, they're a, a man coverage team and they were just going to trust their guy one-on-one uh, most of the time against Tay. And that was a fool's errand, my friend.
2: Yeah. Um, Devontae Adams is not a man coverage receiver from that regard, (laughs) if you're looking at it from a defensive uh, perspective.
1: Uh, Moving on to our next note nug from Ryan. He tweets in the theory about Jamal Williams being a one cut back is true. Hashtag note nugs. Uh, I agree. We saw that on display, Um, but let's pause again for a second and just give a shout out to Jamal Williams, a guy who was um, sort of given the reins as the primary running back with Aaron Jones sitting out. 19 carries for 77 yards, but you just mentioned it, four receptions for 37 yards on the ground, getting his first touchdown. You just, uh, it's hard not to feel happy for someone who just seems so happy and nice all the time and who is just like clearly talented at so many different aspects of the game and doesn't get enough love.
2: He's one of the uh, easiest Packers to root for in in recent memory, right? Like, I'm trying to think of guys who you just pull for because you know, like, how much fun they're having. Um, and I think coming into the game, there was, and, and I, and I understand it, right. I think there was a, a lot of excitement um, for AJ Dillon because he, you knew he was going to play an increased role and he's the shiny new toy. And you kind of know what you have with Jamal Williams. But um, I, you know, I, I still thought it was fun to see him in an increased capacity. Like I, I, I still get excited by that. Cause I feel like, sometimes we don't necessarily pay that much attention to what he brings to this team. Um, So yeah, I I thought he played really well.
1: Yep. Moving on to Louie who tweets in his note, nug. great effort. Defense was good today. I think this team really misses Lazard. And uh, you talk, you talked a little bit about uh, players being injured earlier. Alex and Lazard is a guy who, you know, was slotted basically as that number two guy. Whatever that means. And the the Packers clearly missing a receiver. I think they just signed what's it, Seth Roberts. They just signed a veteran slot receiver um, to the practice squad. Probably only a matter of time before he comes in. The the great, the venerable Seth Roberts <laughs> yeah. joins the team. I don't know. This team misses Lazard. I think that's a valid, a valid note nug.
2: Oh, for sure. Yeah, I mean, again, we were just talking about targets. I think MVS had four targets. He, oh, he was MVS, right come Williams. on, man!
1: What are you doing? I just can't. I mean, I just.
2: Uh, I get that there's injuries, but uh, these young receivers. I
1: I forget who said this, but I saw in the APC Slack someone saying something like, "Is MVS just like new Geronimo?" I mean, we're like we want we need him to be like decent and he just keeps dropping the ball man
2: yeah he's gonna coast for like three or four years as like the number three (laughs) option that we expect to really bloom this year and it's just never (laughs) gonna happen I think I'm resigned to that but uh I mean Lazard is like he's gonna have his games when he's healthy so you kind of forget because um you know Adams isn't always gonna feast like this like he's probably gonna run up against some pretty good defensive coordinators with capable personnel but that's when Lazard gives you that like 90 yard like you know Touchdown grab, like six catch performance. They don't have another guy who can do that right now.
0: Yeah.
2: I mean, Mercedes Lewis was, I think he got like, he got you know, one catch, but he was he was getting targeted. It's like, yep. who, who the hell is I going to throw to? I have to get rid of the ball.
1: <laughs> it's kind of, it literally has to go to someone. <laughs> yeah. Uh, moving on. One last note nug coming in from Normalicious who tweets in I could see Kamal Martin and Chris Barnes as the starting ILBs of the future we saw again kamal martin come in uh barnes play uh play does some things pretty well um and uh he goes out i think ty summers comes in and just plays really not very good as far as i can tell he actually got benched for kamal martin and it was pretty obvious that um that was the only reason kamal martin wasn't in there um uh before ty summers is is just uh, reps and experience and they were like oh we, we, we Ty summers we've seen him we, we know what he's got but within a few plays you could tell martin was a little bit of an upgrade there and um yeah i don't know it's it's the inside linebacker position it's like perpetually a d minus to a d plus position group and you and i were texting about this a couple days ago but if if we could get Kamal Martin and Chris Barnes, or or maybe even throw a Kirksey in there. um, If he comes back healthy, does that bring them up to like a C, maybe a C even just a C I feel like would really help this defense.
2: Such high standards. Yeah. Yeah.
1: That's the, that's the Packers bar at middle linebacker. If we can get to a C as a fan, I'm like licking my chops, man. (laughs)
2: Yeah. Passing grade. I think is all is all we really want there. Right. Um, It's possible.
1: Will not (laughs) help. All right, those are the note nugs um, at the APC Pod on Twitter. I'm just going to keep saying that Twitter handle. We're almost at 800 followers after like a hundred years of doing this podcast. Let's get there, people. The (laughs) APC Pod. Meanwhile, our Instagram handle languishing. Our Pinterest page is doing great. I'm just kidding. We do not have a Pinterest page. All right, (laughs) let's move on. Sort of one last topic I wanted to hit on here. A big topic. A little bit of tier one talk. Uh, we've touched on this a little bit this year, but the, the Bears got handled by the Rams the other night and, and finally left the Packers all alone as the top seed in the conference right now for now. So I wanted to revisit the topic of are the Packers a tier one team or put another way, who else do the Packers need to worry about? Uh, so, so first the standings from first place down here as a, a like a cohort of capable teams, Green Bay, uh, again, first place down. Uh, Green Bay, Seattle, Tampa, Chicago, Arizona, the Rams, the Saints, and the 49ers. And then there's a big drop to the Lions and onward. So so we'll stop there. I kind of want to just go down the list um, and, and see who we're worried about and how we think we, we stack up as the conference shakes out here with the Packers trying to hold on to the number one seed, the only buy this time around. Seattle is the next team on that list. What do you think? They just uh, they lost to the Cardinals. That was they fun. did in you know, <laughs> overtime. I love I love a good Seattle loss.
2: <laughs> yeah, uh, that that's a man. It's a hell of a division. You have three five win teams and a four win San Francisco who uh, just kind of got their groove back with a blowout win over the Patriots. <sighs> uh, yeah, Seattle. I'm worried. Yeah, I mean, are are, are you asking? Are we saying? What tier are they in? Are they in the same tier as the Packers? Or are we just saying, are you scared of them? <laughs> uh,
1: you know what? Let's just go with with uh, you're scared, where you are on the scared spectrum, I think. All right, because let's I go think... one to five. Yeah. Yeah. Does that sound good? One to f- five being you are frightened, you're up at night, wide-eyed, yeah, worried. Yeah, five,
2: like, yeah. I mean, uh, yeah. Um. All right. <laughs> S- Seattle, Uh. yeah, I'm a, I'm, a, I'm a firm four.
1: A firm um, four.
2: Yeah. I, I... think so.
1: You know, I think that I would agree with you, and I'll say that um, some of that I think is just residual, uh, <laughs> just residual, always being afraid of the Seahawks. And and no doubt, Russell Wilson is playing pretty great, and uh, the offense um, is producing. The defense there is a problem, though. I mean, they lost that game to the Cardinals because of their, well, I was going to say because of their defense. Russ had a had a rough go of throwing, I believe, three picks, but the defense is not great, and so that. Just to me, brings back memories of playing Seattle in the playoffs last year and feeling worried and honestly smoking them. A team, a Packers team that we now know was 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 vulnerable in a lot of ways. Smoked this team last year. So does that necessarily roll over to this year? I, I don't know, but I, I guess I would say a firm four with a caveat of let's see what plays out with their defense over the next few weeks.
2: Yeah, I think so. I think their offense is a little more potent than last year. I uh without having like numbers in front of me right away. I think we knew going in, like they weren't really going to be able to exploit the Packers difficulties and stopping the run last year. Yeah. Um. And at this point, like that game, you know, if they played each other tomorrow, uh, it's just going to be a shootout between the two leading MVP candidates. And those yep. things always make me nervous. Oh yeah. Cause I think um, in addition to like the residual, um, you know, worries that, that linger from the, the Seahawks uh, losses in the past, it's just like a total distrust of the Packers defense. <laughs> yeah. Just as bad
1: as losing 38 to 10 is losing a game like 46 to 42.
2: <laughs> right. Yeah. But, um, you know, by by no means are they like unbeatable. But yeah. continue. Sorry.
1: All right. Next one down is Tampa. We don't have to dwell here. Um, I, I would call them um, just because of their defense. I would also say a firm four um cuz their defense is just it's they they are in the elite step to get back to those those tiers the defense is really 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 good and they beat up on the packers i don't know we don't have to dwell here cuz i know your feelings on tampa have they changed at all in the last week or what do you think
2: <laughs> they've changed a little actually um and, and 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 here's what i'll say they've changed uh from the standpoint that i think <sighs> You know, I feel like when I when I looked at that game, then and I and I thought that Tampa Bay was a little bit fraudulent. I was like, "Well, the Packers will never play that bad again." But then I started to think about it, and I feel like the Bucs could easily lose to like any number of teams in the NFL. But if they were playing the Packers again, you know, I'd be um, worried. I would be worried, and I might pick the Bucks because I don't. I also don't know. I think it's sometimes there are just teams that have the blueprint.
1: Just have your number. Yeah.
2: And I don't think the Bucs have the blueprint to really crush the NFL necessarily, but I feel like they also could just be like the Niners last year. I felt the same exact way. And I was like, the Niners are susceptible to lose to anyone, even though they're like barely losing. But like I watched them play some close games against some pretty crappy teams. And then I expected the result to be so different. And it was just the exact same thing. I could see that with the Bucks again. So yeah. I, I, I want to avoid the Bucks
1: when possible. I actually don't know what you're talking about because I've erased those San Francisco games from my memory. So they, they don't exist. <laughs> so I have no frame of reference. But let's move on. The Chicago Bears are the next on that list at five and two. Again, losing to the Rams uh, just the other night. I'm a firm uh, two with that. I'm going to say two. <laughs>
2: Right there with you. I'm too as well, and I just can't wait for them to finally play. I can't believe we got to play the Vikings again before we even get them. Um,
1: going back to our buddy Gene Thomas, uh, who, who covers Tampa Bay, he uh, he as well at some point at the end of our show said, "I cannot wait for the Packers to play the Bears because that's really going <laughs> to say a lot about the NFC and about the other teams." And I think he's right.
2: Yeah, I agree. I, I could see that one getting ugly, and that's I don't even feel like that's being a Packer homer. Um, anyway. Yeah.
1: Bring on Nick Foles. Let's do it. <laughs> Arizona Cardinals are next on the list. Earlier in the year, I remember you being pretty high on them. You still feel high? Where are you on that list?
2: Uh, a little bit. So, um, I I think the Seattle, you know, the win against Seattle uh, on Sunday Night Football this past week certainly changes the perspective a little bit. Um, shows they're frisky, man. They are they're as potent. They're, I don't think they put up the numbers. Like, they're not going to have an MVP candidate Uh, right? Like, that's just not going to happen. Kyler Murray's not going to be an NFL MVP this year. But they're every bit as legit as the Seahawks with a slightly better defense. I think it's interesting that uh, the Seahawks and the Cardinals have scored the exact same number of points this year. (laughs) And there's almost a 30-point gap between the Cardinals' point differential and the Seahawks in the Cardinals' favor because they actually... See, Stop uh, people. <laughs> Seahawks
1: have allowed 172 points through six games. The Cardinals through seven games, allowing 146 points.
2: Yeah, while scoring 203, so at an yeah. extremely high clip. And I think yeah. you could get, you could gain something from that, and I believe they've been doing some of that. Uh, I think Chandler Jones is hurt. He seems like a guy I could see sacking Aaron Rodgers three times, so I put them at a four on the worry scale.
1: Yeah. Next up is the – oh, I didn't give mine. Ah, the Cardinals. I'm going to put them – I'm going to go three and a half, (laughs) just under four with no explanation given. Moving on to the Rams, watch (laughs) them have some fun uh, with the Bears. Um, I might also go three and a half there, not quite a four. I feel like it's obvious that they're not as potent as they have been. I think we now know who Jared Goff is, and yet they have a (laughs) clever coach and they have some players on both sides.
2: They do have players. They field eleven guys every play. Well, almost <laughs> almost, almost every play. I'm sure Calling they have like a penalty or stick. two. Yeah. No, no, no. <laughs> I was just messing around. I mean, I got to yeah. be honest. I don't really know a whole lot people. about them either. Um, I'm trying to find like how their offensive line is because I think the differentiator between my worry scale with teams like the Seahawks and the uh, and the Cardinals is that I feel like if this Packer pressure that we're anticipating does come on. Um, that, uh, Jared Goff will not fare well. Yeah. Um, whereas, Agreed. you know, Kyler Murray, Russell Wilson could, they'll, they'll rush for 80 or 90 yards against the Packers, which just is absolutely maddening. Yep. Uh, I don't necessarily think that's the case with Goff. So, like, to me, I feel like there's a clear recipe to beat the Rams, and it's just to get after him. Um, and then you'll, then you'll be okay.
1: Yeah. Yeah. Moving on, the Saints, two more. The Saints, um, I'm gonna go I'm gonna go uh two and a half on this one. Like I'm not not worried. They got Breeze, they got players. The the Packers already kinda took it to them a little bit, but it's just one of those teams where you you trust a coach like Sean Payton, you trust a player like Drew Breeze to um have it go a little bit differently if they get to face a team again. And um, which again, I'm not saying it's a, a four or a five. I'm not like shaking in my boots, but I, I trust them. There's, you know, they've earned some trust basically to, to put up a fight.
2: Yeah. I, I, I'm with you. I hate to keep just like copying you. I, I don't think they're like, I would still, because of how convincing the Packers seemed at times in that game, put them less than a three, but a two seems almost disrespectful. Yeah,
1: That's what I, I uh, that's what I came down. I was like, my heart actually kind of said to, but I'm like, oh, I feel like I might regret saying that or I'll feel bad saying that for some reason.
2: Oh, Michael Thomas too. Right. Like we didn't have right. to deal with that. I know we didn't have Devontae Adams, but I think the Packers coach around the absence of Adams where I feel like the absence of Thomas is like so pronounced that it's hard to ignore that yeah. that things would be different if he's, if he's back in. And uh, my concern with them is more about Kamara than breeze. I, I, I fear Wilson and Kyler Murray probably and fucking still Tom Brady more than I than I do uh Drew Brees in a playoff yep. game at this point. But
1: Yep. Uh last team on this list before the steep die uh steep fall off to the Lions and below is the San Francisco 49ers. Uh, I feel like no matter how good they've done or how bad they are or how injured they are, I would be a fool. I know I joked about erasing my memory, but I just feel like I would be a fool to say anything less than like at least a three and a half. It might just be a four just from the residual like shock memory.
2: Yeah, I'm with you. It's it's a four for me, man. It's a four for me. And also because of like the way the slate was, uh, I feel like I ended up seeing so much of the Niners Patriots game. And I know it's a very different Patriots team. but.
1: They smoked him, man.
2: I mean, like that was one of the worst, wasn't it like one of the worst home loss for the Patriots and for it, it, it's hard to look past that. I'm um, pretty
1: sure it was the worst home loss in the Belichick era. Yeah, I'm pretty sure, like, if not second worst.
2: You get it was mad bad. respect for that. And also, um, there's little things that you see like uh Brandon Ayuk looking really good as a rookie receiver. Uh I'll I'll also just side note your text about when you watch football around the league and see all these great rookie receivers, it doesn't necessarily feel great. <laughs> um, but also like some guy called Jeff Wilson jr was running all the fuck over the Patriots and for three touchdowns and 112 yards on 17 carries. And that Man. sounds a lot like the team that, that beat the Packers. Who That's it's the most like,
1: Shanahan thing ever. Yeah.
2: Yeah. It doesn't matter who's in the backfield. Like until somebody can just stop this, constant you know avalanche of of <laughs> rushing success from the niners like hell yeah i'm gonna fear them and garoppolo's back um yeah, yeah they are four they're a good f- that whole f- that division man is insane plus we did like it's so unfair they should they should honestly revoke a playoff spot from the <laughs> nfc east yeah, what's your fear level, Zach, of the of the first place Philadelphia Eagles?
1: Jesus. Yeah, we didn't even yeah, we didn't touch the NFC East is basically no team has more they're all like two wins, but the Giants Eagles have one are in win. first. I
2: think they're two four and one or something like Yeah, They're
1: two four and one. Oh, <laughs> like boy. aren't the New York Giants the Giants. Shaking like, my boots.
2: The Giants are like a game or a game and a half out of first place and also the worst team in football.
1: <laughs> I love that. I love when a team is like one and six and they're like in the in the hunt graphic yeah because you know
2: their coaches like every week in practice of like we're still in this like we can turn this around it starts this weekend it's like no your season's over no um it's no just, you idiot
1: go home
2: it's like come on man oh my god all right. uh yeah they should really oh man if ever a year for the nfl to just just be like a lawless <laughs> game just just be like all right you know what the entire <laughs> nfc west postseason nfc east not happening well
1: <laughs> That feels like a, a pretty good uh, pulse check on the playoff picture so far, and who we are uh, are and are not worried about, and how worried we are. And I feel like uh, over the next few weeks, we're going to learn more, especially as more teams take their buy. Those numbers, the uh, the list the uh the tears it's all gonna shake out a little bit more and maybe we'll revisit this uh conversation in another month and and see where we land but um i'm just ambling my way over to the polka because i feel like we're ending the show and i feel like i really gotta pee to be totally honest with you i
2: also <laughs> do could you tell you see me fidgeting you're Is moving that- around
1: <laughs> um so with that we are gonna hit the polka a song about chugging beer Because why not? When you got to pee, move around in your seat and sing a song about chugging some beer. That's going to do it for us today. Uh, We are working on lining up our guy Arif Hassan to do a little bit of Vikings talk later this week. It might not happen. It might happen. We're going to try real hard. But, uh, hey, if you subscribe on Apple Podcasts or wherever you get your podcasts, you will know when that next episode drops. So search for Acme Packing Company and subscribe give us a rating while you're at it, please. And thank you or patreoncom slash note nugs. For those of you who like that kind of thing, patreoncom slash note nugs. All right, guys, be well vote. If you have not done so already, and we will talk to you soon. Alex and I are going to go pee and then uh, resume our weeks. So thanks for tuning in. (laughs) Go back. Go. See Alex.
0: (laughs) See ya. Gotta go. And then oh boy. you chuckle
2: up luck until they're dry <laughs> and raise your spirits too.